0: Hi, folks. In this video, we're going to ask the question, why am I still in pain and s- try to answer it? Uh, I'll explain that it's it's impossible to answer that precisely for you, but I'm going to give you some food for thought, maybe a different perspective to understand why you've been in pain for so long and why it's not changing. So the first thing to say would be that uh, just a sort of a general disclaimer is that this isn't medical advice. Um, this shouldn't replace any standard treatment any necessary treatment Uh, I I simply want to offer you just my own perspective um, perhaps a different way of thinking of things a different way of looking at things so you can gain more clarity as to why you're in pain so again this is going to be for anyone who is in pain you've been in pain for a long time and you don't really have any answers Mm -hmm. you've tried a lot of different things and yeah you simply don't have any answers and you would like answers. So uh, like I said this isn't medical advice it's just food for thought. So the first thing we want to consider is obviously some people have lifelong disorders genetic disorders I can't speak for that and um, that's something separate uh, however I would say most, most conditions aren't, aren't genetic a lot of a lot of conditions that we would tend to just sort of pass off as, oh, it's just the way it is, or, you know, it runs in the family, aren't actually um, aren't actually that. They, they just seem to happen. They're not hardwired. They're not something that we're bound to experience. But we can get caught up in that sort of thinking based on what a doctor might say. And, and often what a doctor says isn't necessarily rooted in enough assessment. It's simply almost like a catch-all term and it's just something to give you an answer because maybe they don't have an answer. So what, what I would say is that uh, lifelong conditions that you, you're simply going to have to deal with and have to accept are actually quite rare. And th- the challenge with that is that um, there's this fine balance between giving people false hope um, and then also giving people um, <clears throat> nothing to look forward to. I'd like to err on the side of giving people a bit of something to aim for, or something to keep them positive because even if your condition has no cure now, it doesn't mean that it never will have a cure. And it also means that it doesn't have a cure now to the best of our knowledge. Maybe there's something that hasn't been found. Maybe there's something that hasn't been looked at in, in the right way. So I'd always err on the side of don't get too bogged down in, your, in the condition you're in. Accept that this is what, what you're dealing with now, but also don't, don't accept that you're necessarily going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. Um, okay, so let's get on to what pain actually is. So you're in pain, you've been in pain for a long time, and you've tried a lot of different things. You've been to doctors, physios, consultants, You've tried all the crazy stuff, not crazy stuff, but you've tried the alternative things, acupuncture, even energy healing, whatever it is, you've tried it all and you're not really getting anywhere or you're sort of going up and down, you're yo-yoing, but you're not making any meaningful progress. So first we want to kind of understand what pain is. Pain ultimately is, it's a request for change. So, and it's driven by stress. in a a very general sense. So when I say stress, I don't mean anxiety necessarily. That can be part of it. But stress is basically any kind of demand on your body that you cannot meet. So that could be a lack of sleep. It could be insufficient nutrition. It could be poor quality nutrition. It could be uh, nutritional deficiencies, dehydration, overhydration, which is a thing people don't People tend to think they're too dehydrated rather than overhydrated. Um, It can be all sorts of things. Pollution, mental, emotional stress, work, uh, deadlines, whatever it is. Anything that's demanding on your body uh, that you're not able to mitigate effectively. So stress is always the driving factor when we have any chronic health issue. Uh, The body is very good at coping. It will keep on going. Uh, as long as it can but then we have a pain or we have a health condition that seems to appear out of nowhere but it's not really out of nowhere it's just that final it's it's that final warning signal and what i would say is that there are usually several warning signals before that point but we don't have the awareness to pick those up or we kind of just brush them off and say oh it's fine you know because we'll keep going because we have to keep going and that's one of the great things about the body and it's a great thing about the resilience of the body is that we can we can keep going for quite some time before things get really bad and when things get really bad excuse me you can be certain that your body has been working very hard and things have been culminating to that point for for quite a while and um, so excess stress is always going to be the fa- the, the driving factor and what you experience be it pain be it high cholesterol be it a heart heart disease or be it diabetes whatever lifestyle illness you get the way i think of it is that's just that's just sort of the result of a million different little things interacting before that point so rather than getting focused on that diagnosis be it high cholesterol, be it pain, be it depression, be it whatever it is, we need to look at what came before, what's the environment that created that outcome and often when people have, a lot of people I've dealt with with chronic pain issues, it usually comes with issues like depression and mental health issues and then often digestive issues, nutritional issues, so these things aren't separate They're all interacting within the one body and and we need to treat, we basically need to treat you as an individual rather than treat your diagnosis. And that's a lot of the challenge with, um, with going the traditional route of treatment or even a lot of the alternative routes of treatment is that you're treating, you're treating a diagnosis, you're treating numbers on a chart, you're, you're treating a blood test result um and we need to treat the person because the person and their life the life they're living and the, the experiences they've had are what are what have resulted in this health condition so so that's the way we need to look at things so i would say if you're still in pain and you've been dealing with pain for a long time it's because everything that's going on in your life or several aspects of what's been going on in your life have just been adding up and adding up and adding up and you get to a breaking point and that is that low back pain that chronic neck pain that whatever it is and then it's also those other things that you kind of just accept as normal like acid reflux or bloating or ibs or low mood or lack of sleep or poor sleep issues they're all just breadcrumbs and they're all just details in the overall picture so let's see I've, I've got some notes I'm just gonna check my notes um, okay so what I'm gonna do is explain sort of give you a hypothetical case of, of how how this might happen how chronic pain might happen and why it might appear to not have a, a clear cause so like I said it's all it's it's not just pain, it's everything else that's happening. Uh, I'll use this example first. If you have high cholesterol, you go to your doctor and he says, look, you've got high cholesterol. That didn't happen overnight. That's a series of life experiences and, and decisions, usually nutritional decisions, that leads to that point. It doesn't happen overnight. It grows and grows and grows, and you get to a point where you have high cholesterol, and you want to treat that and chronic pain is is usually like that even when there is a clear injury point a time at which you were injured there was a likely a build-up to that point where you were where you became susceptible to an injury so maybe you're a run down and usually it's it's actually quite interesting as um there's research in i think it was secondary school or or college uh, athletes and their injury rate increased at at, around the time of exams Uh, and and basically what they inferred from that was and the conclusion from that was because of the excess stress around times of exams they are more susceptible to injury because their body is more depleted it's more run down it's more on edge and it's less adaptable so that's sort of a, a small a um, small idea of, of what's happening in these chronic pain issues is that we have a lot of things just kind of get out of hand and again because we can always keep going because we can always cope and we can always just kind of put it off we we have this accumulated stuff and these accumulated stresses and challenges and we get this breaking point and the breaking point is i I slip a disc, or I, I spoke to a lady there recently, and she was talking about how, and, and this is really common, which is why I bring it up. She <clears throat> hurt her back, and it required surgery, and basically she was doing nothing. She was doing nothing when it happened. She didn't do a big movement, a big sudden anything, but she moved very slightly, and then it seized up, and then she went to the, went to the hospital, and, and they are like, oh, this is going on. You need surgery and all that and so the point there is that it's not that her spine was that fragile that she can't move it's that all of this stuff was happening leading up to this moment and a sudden movement or a movement that the brain was a bit unready for was enough to create that tension and to create something to happen to create a breaking point that seems far beyond the actual and um, the actual stress on the body um, so so essentially this is this is what we're looking looking at so uh, like i said i'm going to give you a hypothetical case of of pain so you're 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 an office worker you develop chronic back pain you're not an active person you don't do sports you've never had any injuries you've never had any fractures in your life you've never had any significant injuries but now you've got back pain and it's crippling and it's you feel it all the time so how does that how does that happen Uh, and you might be thinking i've got bad posture and, and all this that and the other and that might only be a very small part of the puzzle but again hypothetically you you go to college your lifestyle gets less healthy you're eating uh, bad food you're going out a lot you're not sleeping that well and then you're thrust into the big bad world the real world and you're going into a job that you're not prepared for and you're stressed and you're having to deal with that and you're um, you're not sleeping at night you're ordering takeaways you're, you're eating poorly you're skipping breakfast, you're having your first meal as a coffee, a black coffee. And basically you have all these little unhealthy things adding up. And maybe you have relationship issues, maybe your long term partner um, has broken up with you. you bro- you've broken up with them. You're not getting along with your co-workers. You've got a, a long commute. Maybe you don't like your job uh, maybe this is never what you wanted to do. Um, and basically it's, it's, it's sort of that simple. It's all of these little things that kind of add up and they lead to tension in the body and they lead to stress in the body and your breathing is very shallow. You're unable to breathe fully into your belly. You breathe into your chest quite fast. You're always on edge, even though you don't think of yourself as being on edge because you, this has happened so gradually that you just kind of take it as normal and you just kind of take it as part of part of part of life. And then one day you you maybe move a certain way and, and your back is kind of stiff and then you're sitting and suddenly you've got back pain. It just kind of grows and it's sore and, and it doesn't really get any better and it just kind of spirals and then one, you get to a point then where every day you have back pain and you've had back pain every day for the past few months and it doesn't make any sense and so this is early in the whole thing and and you might then go to a physio you might go for a massage you might go to your doctor and your doctor might order an x-ray or and they might find nothing or they might find something and that something might not be actually related to your pain Um, because I won't go into this in too much detail but we x-rays on MRIs are not very predictive of causes of pain so we can't look we can't see a spine in an x-ray and predict whether pain will occur and we can't if we see damage on the spine we can't say with any confidence that that's going to lead to pain it's one of these really challenging things to understand but that's what the evidence has has shown repeatedly so I won't go into it in much more detail but point being is you might get a diagnosis and they don't really, it's quite likely that your doctor isn't up to date on the latest pain science research. They're a general practitioner, they deal with general things and and their approach to something like back pain is going to be take a couple of weeks off and here are some painkillers and if it doesn't get better then, you know, maybe we go for surgery or something extreme like that. But the point being is you might go for all sorts of treatments, massage, uh, physio, acupuncture and they're going to have all sorts of reasons for why you're in pain. They're gonna say, oh your posture, and they'll get you they'll sell you an expensive chair, or they'll give you orthotics, and they'll give you this, that, and the other, and they'll say that your meridians are out. Again, I'm not knocking these things necessarily. I'm just saying that they're looking at a very small window of what's going on and they're not considering, well, how did your life get to a point where you just developed chronic crippling back pain? out of nowhere what is your life satisfaction like what are your sleep levels like are you eating enough are you eating well enough are you hydrated over hydrated whatever it is what's going on how are you dealing with your mental and emotional stress do you feel fulfilled in life do you have a support network and um, you have a shoulder to cry on and all that sort of stuff and because most practitioners don't really do this or they don't really they they might but on a very superficial level you kind of don't really see the relevance of it and we've gotten to a point where i'm perhaps saying this to you and hopefully it's not brand new and hopefully it's not a crazy idea to you but for some it's going to be quite an odd idea that your sleep quality and that your relationships and that your life satisfaction has anything to do with your chronic back pain I I feel like it shouldn't be an odd idea but for some people it is going to be a really weird idea and they're going they might they might even stop the video right now um but the problem is because we don't talk about it in these terms and, and most practitioners don't think of it in these think of pain in these terms we just assume that it's not relevant but it absolutely is relevant because um well, I'll get to that at the end why that's relevant, but my point is that your pain grows out of all of these things, and when you've been trying all the treatments, you know you, you've perhaps become an expert and that was my that was my experience of dealing with pain is that it, for me it got to the point that I decided I was going to become a physical therapist, and I understand that for most people that's not going to be what they want to do um and they shouldn't have to do they shouldn't have to become a physical therapist to figure out the way to resolve their pain. Um, so it's quite likely that you've tried a lot of different therapies and you found ones that you like and found ones that you don't like, and you maybe feel like a bit of an expert in the, in that sense, but you're not getting better. So this is when we need to look at that bigger picture. We need to look at your life. W- what is the life that you're living that has led to you experiencing this so why is this relevant because pain is and this is this is the bottom line this is the take-home message pain is most commonly a signal i'm going to check my notes is most commonly a signal that your brain perceives something threatening so your your body has no incentive to keep you in pain Okay, so you're thinking, why am I still in pain? And, and the challenging thing is that some, in some cases, people will be told that their pain is all in their head and that they're making it up. And that can be quite, it's not a pleasant thing to hear because you don't want your pain, certainly not consciously. Um, but your, your, your body has no incentive to create pain unless it serves a purpose. And that purpose might not be rational, and that's, that's a key point. That purpose might be an unconscious, irrational uh, fear of something. It's trying to discourage you or protect you from something. So I'll take a very simple example. If I touch a hot stove, my, I will soon learn that a hot stove will, will burn me and will hurt me. So my brain knows that I shouldn't touch a hot stove. So it's always going to discourage me from doing that. And that's something I understand consciously. But what happens usually with injuries um, is that our brain will begin to associate the events and the details of the injury with pain. So, again, in a very simple, blunt example would be like, you know, you play football and you hurt yourself playing football. Therefore, football causes pain. Therefore, I don't play football. so that's just very in, in very simple terms, but this happens in very subtle and intricate ways, where we create associations with things and we create fears with things, and these are largely unconscious. So, while you might not, uh, while you wouldn't have any fear of football, your body associates certain positions, certain movements with an old injury and with significant pain. So it's going to discourage you from doing that. So your body is always trying to protect you. And its its number one goal is always uh, survival, and and um, yeah, it's, it's always survival basically, and, and assuring your survival. Um, and it's otherwise the other thing is your pain is trying to draw your attention to something. So I touch a hot stove, I withdraw um, because if I didn't, I would burn my hand if, if I kept my hand there. So my my brain is telling me that that's hot that could damage me that could burn me that could hurt me so don't do that now uh, hopefully that's fairly obvious obvious to you you're, you're getting a sense of you know my, my body is trying to protect me it might be irrational uh, and I, w- I will explain this and this is likely to do with our movements when we have a lot of accumulated injuries even injuries that aren't that significant we will tend to change the way we move. And so over time, even though the injuries aren't significant, we're reducing our movement capacity and we're making ourselves less adaptable. And then when we're in an awkward position, because we no longer have control of that, that's when an injury occurs because our brain overreacts and thinks, oh, you know, this is where that injury happened or I'm not confident here. Or I'm not strong here, or I associate this with that old pain or that old injury and this is all happening unconsciously and we can't rationalize it what we can do however is to create safety in the body by exploring movement that's why things like uh, somatics um, even yoga pilates can be really helpful because they're very gentle movements that allow us to experience ranges of motion and, and help the brain reconnect to the body and reassure it that things are now safe. Okay. So hopefully that's clear enough. What I'm going to go on to now is a more controversial take on the purpose of pain. And I think this is less, less likely, but I think it it does happen. There's this idea that in some cases pain, some would argue in all cases, but I would disagree, but pain is distracting you from a bigger issue now it's absolutely possible that because your body is always trying to keep you safe well the way you can see this is denial in people and i use this i use this example in my uh, in my newsletter i watch um, gordon ramsay's kitchen nightmares it's a uh, it's a great show it's it's bad tv i mean it's reality tv and it's it's ridiculous and it's formulaic but you know i find it entertaining and it's really interesting because if you don't if you've never watched it and if you're not familiar Basically, it's uh, restaurants that are failing. They get in touch with Gordon Ramsay. He goes in and he sees what's wrong. Is it management? Is it the kitchen? Is it the food? Is it, you know, whatever. And he figures out. And usually in his sort of abrasive style, he he just shouts at everyone. And usually it's owners and um, staff that are really stubborn and they argue. And it's funny that these people will seek out Gordon Ramsay's help. So presumably they're familiar with the show. And so presumably they've seen that every single show has the same format of complete denial of a chef being like my food is the best on the planet. Literally, he's not going to have a problem with the food, and then they, you know, they microwave, you know, some crab cakes in a in a soggy boot, and they share that and they serve that to him, and then he's disgusted with it, and they're in complete shock, um, and this happens routinely where they've got. You know they're completely in denial about how bad their food is or how bad their service is you know they scream at at their customers yet they don't understand why customers don't want to come to their restaurant so human beings have this tremendous capacity for denial and for uh, blinding ourselves to the truth uh, when the truth hurts and now these are really extreme entertaining examples which is why you know they made a tv show out of it but it happens on small levels and and this is something i've talked a lot about in my in my newsletter it's this idea of resistance or benign resistance you know little things where you make you make your life slightly easier you're essentially self-sabotaging you're stopping yourself or discouraging yourself from doing the thing that you know you need to do but you're doing it in a way that you can stand behind. You can rationalise. Um, I won't go to training because ah, oh, you know, I'm I'm tired. I need I need extra rest. I'm overtraining, or you know, I've got to get up early in the morning. And that might be very much a legitimate excuse. It might be a very legitimate reason. I I don't know. It depends. But that's that's the point. Is that that can always that can very easily be a legitimate excuse. So you'll you'll put that in when you know you should do something different and again these are fairly benign uh, instances of that but what uh, back to this idea that pain is a distraction basically pain you might be feeling pain so that you're you don't um you don't confront some sort of greater issue and usually that's sort of some sort of mental emotional stress and that's why i talk about Are you fulfilled in your life are you doing the things you want are you in a relationship that's going nowhere are you in a job that you hate that's that's you know soul destroying or whatever it is and there's no there's no easy way to figure that out other than to simply hear it to simply hear what i'm saying and say okay maybe maybe this is it and then I I like to think of this as, and this isn't my own uh, original idea, but it's like a thought virus or like a positive thought virus. Suddenly you're filtering your life through a different filter. You know this idea, you start to notice the times when you create resistance or the things that you're avoiding. And you start to see that, okay, maybe I I don't want to confront that. Or maybe this is an issue for me and pain creates a, a welcome distraction. Um, and again the, you have to consider that if the pain is that bad and it's that consistent and persistent it's likely something quite challenging that you're being protected from because pain is is it's no fun it's no joke and i say that with experience it's it, it has to be something quite significant that you're you're shielding yourself from so uh, i simply wanted to, to have you be open to that idea? And it's something that I am really focusing on now. This idea of understanding the mental, emotional, the mind-body aspect of chronic pain, because I think we, you know, we know we know the rest. The rest is covered. You know how to stretch your hip. We know how to strengthen your low back and all that sort of stuff. We don't need more of that, but we need to begin talking about this side of things this bigger picture and um, so if you're interested in that uh, get in touch because I'm. I'm I'll, maybe I'll have the course made by then I don't have it made but in the new year I will so if you're watching this in 2019 get in touch because that course is available now so the next bit is, is similar and it's it's this idea of pain serving a purpose and you getting what we call secondary gain from the pain um and this can again can be a tough pill to swallow but it is possible that you gain from being in pain you might gain comfort you might gain sympathy and that sympathy might be something that you felt you never had or that you felt you deserved but but never got and this is one of those intricacies of again of your experience of pain so what happens when you're in pain maybe again we'll take two hypothetical instances uh, or two hypothetical examples so the first one would be maybe you lived a life of neglect you weren't you didn't have much uh, support from your parents much much love you know uh, or encouragement or anything like that And any time you're upset or you're crying, you're told, oh, you know, grow up or man up or whatever, whatever it is. And then you hurt yourself. And now the people in your life offer you sympathy and they offer you care and they offer you love and they offer you, you know, they take care of you. And this is more likely when it's a really significant injury, you know, where you're maybe in hospital or something. Um, And you just get all of this nurturing and all of this positive reinforcement and you're like well i lived all my life before this and i never had this and now i have this i finally have this and it's contingent on my pain and obviously you're not thinking this consciously but um you know it's it's very much a a chemical thing it's almost like an addiction you know you, you get that positive reinforcement you get a dopamine hit and then what your brain will do is anytime you get a dopamine hit you're reinforcing everything that immediately surrounds that that dopamine hit so did they, they see this with um, um drug addicts it's quite easy to get them uh, sober to get them clean from drugs in a in a controlled environment but once they go back out into the real world they'll fall into their habits because They're back in that environment and they associate that environment they associate all of their actions and their interactions and the people they're around and the places they're in they associate those with you know taking a a drug and so for example if i you know if i ate an apple and looked at a picture of a dog and you know i ate 10 apples a day and each time i looked at a picture of a dog and then i somehow created an addiction to apples uh, this is a bad example but something addictive and i looked at a picture of a dog and then i went to a rehab center and they got me clean and then if someone showed me a picture of a dog i would have this urge because i'd have this association and i would associate the pleasure of the drug i was taking with the visual of, of a dog so when i would be confronted now that i'm clean confronted with a picture of a dog back in my real world environment i would have my my brain chemistry would be saying you know where's the drug i need the drug because you know i'm associating it with um with that picture again it's probably probably not the best example but the point being is that we have we will basically we'll have secondary gain from being in pain and we will come to appreciate that and that's going to be worth the pain that we're in and it will essentially it's it's this idea of of denial and and the pain serves as some sort of um secondary gain and and i would say this is quite rare you know this happening on a full-blown scale but it absolutely does happen and i don't know that there's any any way of resolving that other than to it's, it's very much a personal thing is to be confronted with the idea and to be open to the idea and to start chipping away at your own alibi essentially you know you've got all these uh, reasons for why you do what you do and now you've got a little grain of doubt and maybe out of curiosity you're just going to start chipping away at at your reasons for doing things and you might come to the real realization that you've been gaining from being in pain and maybe it's again it's quite a benign thing and it's you don't really realize and you're like well this is silly why have I been doing this and it's that challenge between the conscious more rational part of the brain and then the unconscious survival focused part of the brain that's just going to hold on to this even though it makes no sense but it associates it with survival and it associates it with pleasure because of all those Chemical association. So um, it is also quite possible that you will hear something like this and think, "Okay, yeah," and start to see it in your life and think, "Okay, this is silly," and then you can take just some proactive steps to undo that. Um, and so I suppose this is the the next bit about the pain and why. Again, bringing it back to the original question: Why am I still in pain? I've tried everything. I've done all the right things. Why am I still in pain? I would say part of it is the culture we have around treatment and around care. We have very much this culture that we go to someone to be fixed. Um, Most healthcare isn't preventative and people will talk all day about, you know, we should have preventative healthcare, but we don't really tend to do that. And that's a that, that would be one of the arguments for um, a different healthcare system. But that's a, a political rant for another day. Um, but my point is that, like I said, with something like high cholesterol, it just it doesn't happen overnight. It builds over time, and it becomes apparent one day because you're having you're not feeling well, maybe, and you go to your doctor, and he has a blood test, and there it is. But Again, it didn't happen overnight. So, why why are we? <laughs> that sounded odd. Why are we? Why are we continuously outsourcing our health? Um, and why we are is maybe simply because we assume that's that's what we do. It's that's the culture. And I would encourage you to to begin to take control of your health. And it, it's quite likely that. Again, as I mentioned before, you've tried a lot of things and you've sort of taken control in a sense, but maybe you're still stuck in in that I need to be fixed. I'm taking control and I'm seeking out solutions, but I'm seeking out the right fixer. So you're still in that role of, of being fixed rather than uh, being in control of being fixed and finding the right person to assist you with that, which is a different thing. And this is something I went in uh, went into in detail in my last video on my own my own experience in, with pain. So I won't go into this in too much detail, but basically, I think what I've learned from dealing with pain for years, and then being driven to learn about pain because of my own pain, and then actually dealing with people uh, in pain, as a, you know, as a, as a physical therapist, what I've learned is that. It's not so much about the therapy. You don't have a deficiency in chiropractic. You don't have a deficiency in acupuncture. You don't have a deficiency in massage or a certain medication. Those can help. But you, your, again, your environment, your internal condition is such that you have pain. And you need to grasp that. You need to be in control and in charge of that. And that's it, and until you take ownership for that and you know how to and you have the guidance to do that, pain is likely going to keep on happening or keep on reoccurring because you're not you're not taking ownership of it and you're always outsourcing your health um, And again I, I'd simply ask that you be open to that to that idea and that you see the issue with healthcare in general so most conditions people go in into the doctor with are preventable Uh, they're they're preventable through very simple means and the conditions that are really bad they're much the same it's just that they've gone on for that that much longer and truly genetic issues that are unavoidable that are just the luck of the draw unfortunately um, those kinds of conditions are truly rare and it's quite unlikely that you have one of those and if you do have one of those then that, that would likely have been found if, if your doctor has done all the appropriate tests and um, so i think that's that's it in, in sort of uh in summation I, I will say that the bottom line is your body has no incentive to be in pain unless It perceives some sort of threat so if you're sore when you move it's because your brain thinks it's unsafe to move and you need to regain that confidence in movement and that's going to come through movement exploration through creating safety in the body and it all boils down to stress your body is is one system it's not loads of separate systems where your joint pain is entirely divorced from your organ function or whatever it is everything is working in concert so stress in one area is going to have ripple effects throughout the body so we need to look at everything are you sleeping well are what is your mood like is your mood stable um are you eating enough are you enjoying your food are you always cold do you have Uh, What is your libido like? What what is your regularity like? How how often are you going to the toilet? Are you constipated? Uh, Do you have diarrhea? Whatever it is. What are all these other symptoms that are going on that seem unrelated? Are there a lot of these things going on? And try to be honest with yourself and we can go from there. So I've given you a lot of stuff hopefully to think about and maybe you're a bit more confused than you were at the start (laughs) and that's often the way because this stuff can be quite overwhelming. What I would say is that while it might seem more complicated, it actually gives you more power. So we're we're looking, maybe you've been in pain and all you've been focused on is the area of pain or, or even if not just the area of pain, you're simply looking at your bones and your muscles And you're not looking at your organ systems and your mood and all that and now this seems all a bit overwhelming and I understand that because now you've got way more things to consider and to worry about. The good thing is that the body is self-organizing and this is one of those key principles that we need to grasp. Your body knows what to do and the only reason it maybe isn't doing it again why am I still in pain the only reason it's not doing it it's, is because it maybe it can't because it doesn't have the resources. Um, and the analogy I use is that there is a, everything has a cost. So living a certain way, not sleeping, not having breakfast, being stressed, having a job you hate, not moving much or whatever it is, that has a cost. So that say that costs €2,000 Euro per month, but what you're putting back in is only 1500 euro per month so you're always going to have a deficit and you're always going to be running yourself into the ground because your body simply doesn't have the raw materials to to match the demands so um, and that's one of those key principles that we need to understand so if we're still in pain we don't know why we're in pain it boils down to some deficit somewhere and we need to begin to look at the entire body And so, like I said, this might be more confusing, but the good thing is that because the body is self-organizing, if we treat stress in a very general sense, if we improve sleep, if we get more time outdoors, fresh air, nurturing relationships, outlets, sports, social functions, whatever it is, a job we enjoy more, uh, something fulfilling, hobbies that are fulfilling, uh, self-expression, all these things, the body will take care of itself and if that's not enough then we can go into more detail and we can do more specific tests and basically <clears throat> that's where i come in that's that's the work i do is acting more like a detective and seeing what's going on here how can we change this and give you the tools to control that so don't worry if this all seems a bit overwhelming uh, the way you can start is you can sign up for my free ultimate guide to pain It's, it's only gonna be free for another little while uh, so sign up for that while it's free and um, Get in touch on Facebook I've got a group like a support group where we talk about these things and I share all of my resources uh, I'm working on a course as well that's going to specifically guide you through this intensive process and that's, um, that's my main um, <clears throat> main approach to treatment. And then I do private treatments as well, private consultations, where, like I said, I act like a detective and we work together and we figure this out and we figure out where in the big picture, where is that deficit, where are the needs not being met and so on. But point being is, don't worry, there's a lot of, a lot of resources out there. got a lot of free resources i'm going to link them in the show notes or in the in the bottom and you can let me know if you have any questions so if you've watched this far i really appreciate it Uh, thank you very much please share this with anyone you know who might need it Uh, follow me on instagram do all that stuff you know you've heard this before Um, do all the social media stuff and let me know if you have any questions and i'll see you in the next video thanks